you guys, and welcome back to another fabulous episode of Say With Me, Pageants and Prosecco. I know you guys are so anxious to get into this episode, but before we talk about Alyssa, let's talk about her backstory so you guys know a little bit more about her if you don't know already. After three years, Alyssa is graduating this May with a degree in political science, and her eyes are on the White House. She's a lifetime member of Girl Scouts, and at 21, she knows the importance of having women represented in politics and leadership roles across the nation. Alyssa enjoys being a part-time resident of Sleeping Beauty's castle in Disneyland, as it gives her a chance to get lost in a land of imagination with children who experience their first magic moment. As a domestic abuse survivor, Alyssa also hopes to reach young children across the United States to share her story and encourage kids to never let go of their dreams. And of course, some of you guys may know Alyssa for competing at Miss Teen USA. She was a, at first a semifinalist for Miss Kansas Teen USA in 2012. She also competed in the Miss California USA in 2018. She was Miss Kansas Teen USA 2013, third runner-up Miss Kansas USA also in 2018, and of course she won Miss Kansas USA, and she made top 10 at Miss USA when they competed in Reno. And just for you guys who are listening, I have to throw out a disclaimer because I incorrectly said in this episode that I did watch Alyssa compete at Miss USA. However, I that was a year she competed the year previous to the one I saw. I don't know why I thought I watched her compete in Streetport for some reason or another, but I did not say that. So apologize apologies early you guys in this episode. I did not manage to watch Alyssa compete when she was in Reno, but she talks all about her experience at Miss USA in Reno. That was the first year that we kind of saw that switch happen with um, between Donald Trump and IMG. She shares a lot of insight about her thoughts while at Miss USA during that time and the other girls' thoughts at Miss USA during that time. It's kind of a sad story to hear, but it's good and it's good information to know as we try to get deeper into these girls' heads. So get your glasses, you guys. You're going to need at least one or two or three for this episode because it's long, but enjoy it. Well, um, were you able to get something to drink and sip along? Um, uh, I just stuffed my face like so much at PF Chang's that I cannot like consume anything else or I might explode. So, um, but trust me, I don't think I need a drink for this one. <laughs> Alyssa, thank you for joining me on Pages and Prosecco. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. You know, I've been trying to get you on the episode because um, we met. Well, it's going to be kind of creepy when I tell you this story. So I was <laughs> at Miss USA when you mm-hmm. competed in Shreveport. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't say any, anything. Obviously, I was trying to catch everybody. Um, and then on over the summer, that was in 2018. And then over the summer, you were my judge at Miss Earth USA. Oh, wow. Pretty cool. Because I was in mm-hmm. Illinois. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of like, I feel like I've been like cyber, cyber, like stalking you for a while now. I remember your dress. Didn't I compliment your dress? You had that beautiful, like stunning, um, oh gosh, was, was it silver? Yes. It was I remember. I remember. 
it's like a dream gown. It was a high mm-hmm. neck. I wanted my shoulders out. I wanted my back out. I wanted it to be super low in the back. Yeah, I totally remember. That dress was stunning. So, wow. Oh, my gosh. That's so cool. It was like full circle. full mm-hmm. Almost full head circle. Mm-hmm. And what I just realized after doing some research on you, uh, when you competed at Miss Teen USA, well, I guess we could start from the beginning. But mm-hmm. I remember I looked at pictures. So I'm like, oh, yes. I loved your gown. That black and red gown. with the gray. Oh, thank you. Oh, uh, that was Alyssa. Wow. Yes. Gosh, I've always been one for like super iconic gowns. So um, I appreciate it. Thank you. What was your inspiration behind that gown, if you can even remember? Yeah, um, that uh, that gown was actually handmade by a friend of mine who lived in Omaha, Nebraska. Her name's Kate Walls. She, at the time, I want to say was like 15, maybe 16 years old. Um, and I knew her from just kind of the local fashion scene in Kansas City, from Kansas City Fashion Week, Omaha Fashion Week. And I actually walked for her in New York Fashion Week when I was Miss Kansas Teen USA. I want to say that was around February. And that gown was actually her finale gown from her collection that she showed. And I remember like the second I saw it, I was like, this is the gown I want to compete in at Miss Teen USA. So I... Um, that gown was maybe four or $500. We just paid for, you know, the fabric. She handmade it for me. She's such just an angel with incredible, incredible talent. So um, that was very special to me to wear something handmade by one of my friends. And one of a kind too. Yeah, absolutely. One of a kind. Do you have it up in like your pageant um, closet of memorabilia? I actually, I kept it for probably like six, maybe six-ish years. Um, and I actually sent it back to Kate and her mom. Um, they hang on to all of the the designs and creations that Kate has made over the years in their little in-home studio. So um, I hung on I hung on to it for a long time, but it's a dress that I don't think I would ever wear again. Um, so I wanted her to be able to hang on to that for her um, memories too. Oh, that's so nice of you. Yeah. So awesome. So obviously your pageant history competing is really deep. Yeah. <laughs> when did you start, can you take us to your first pageant? What was the competition? Oh gosh, little me. I was 13. I was competing for a National American Miss Kansas junior teen, I believe. Uh, I remember there were there were 90 girls in my age division, and oh. I ended up making the top 10. Uh, this was my first pageant ever. My mom and I literally had no clue what we were doing. We, we just went. We had a good time. I was wearing a $20 dress from Dillard's off the sale rack from prom season. What? And um, yes. What? <laughs> yeah. And then I also, I had, I had braces at the time. So, you know, I just, I just entered. My mom and I were just having a good time. And I ended up making the top 10. So I thought, hey, this is pretty addicting and really exciting. And I'm good at it. So let's continue this little trend. And then I competed for Miss Kansas Teen USA in 2012. Uh, Didn't win and um, came around the next year in 2013 and took the title. Nice. Yeah. First competing for the junior teen title. Sorry, what was that? What year were you first competing for junior teen title? That was... I want to say I was competing for 2011 um, because then I think three or four months later, I competed for Miss Kansas Teen USA 2012, but that was always held at the end of the uh, year prior. So I want to say that was 2011. Yeah. Wow. And I heard you, um, I was reading some interviews. 
You suggested that people compete or girls compete in a pageant at least once in their life. Yes. Why do you mm-hmm. say? I think pageantry is one of the best ways to build confidence. Um, I know before I started competing, I was always that girl who sat in the back of the class who was super shy. I did not want to give up, give a presentation in front of just, you know, a class full of my peers, let alone, you know, be like a public speaker. Um, and I think that over, of course, you know, the almost 10 years that I've been competing, I've learned a lot about myself. I've grown uh, as a woman and as a competitor as well. But I always, I always take the time to humble myself and think back on that first pageant and how I went into it just, you know, so clueless, but excited. And I came out of it with more drive and determination that I've, than I've ever come out of any experience in my life. And um, I, I still have those pictures from that first pageant and it inspires me to, to do better, both, you know, competing and just in life because I'm working to make that girl proud because if I could have told myself at 13 years old, the things that I've already accomplished by 22, I, I don't think I would have believed me. I know. And it's just crazy how you can just think of like the ones you, the competitions you didn't do well at mm-hmm. and to kind of your growth. Like you made, you know, top 10 in Miss USA. Like if mm-hmm. you had posted yourself that years ago when you lost, like if you just keep going, here's mm-hmm. up, you wouldn't believe it. Yeah, absolutely not. I would have, I would have just, looked at myself like I was crazy (laughs) what prompted you to um want to compete for the Miss Division did you just want to continue and just going at USA yeah so when I competed for teen uh back in 2013 I had just the most incredible year I had the most incredible reign I met insane people not only across my state but across the world um across the country and and people who extend from around the world so I had such a positive experience being Miss Kansas Teen USA and competing at Miss Teen USA. I I was able to attend Miss USA that year. It was in Vegas. And um, I just, I remember the first moment when I walked up to Planet Hollywood. Um, I was wearing my sash and my mom and I were walking up and I saw the Miss contestants out kind of like on the patio area and they were doing filming. And I just remember thinking like, gosh, I want to do that someday. Like, and I looked up to my Miss title holder, Stacey Klingensmith. I looked up to her immensely. I still do. She's one of my great friends and mentors. And um, I knew I didn't want to stop until I was able to accomplish that. And so that was just a goal I set from that very moment. And, um, you know, my positive experience as a teen title holder really encouraged me to come back as a Miss. And so I was very excited, especially to get the opportunity to represent Kansas a second time. That was a great honor. Um, so, yeah, it was just an overall really great experience from teen to miss. I know you're part of the, uh, I guess there's like a little tribe now of former teen title holders mm-hmm. who are competing on Miss USA. Mm-hmm. Do you think having that experience um, kind of benefited you guys or give you a leg up uh, at Miss? Um. You know, I I think if the ownership was still the same, if it was still under Trump, I would say yes. But because the ownership was completely different, the game was it was just entirely different than it was when I was a teen. And I remember I went into it really uh, reflecting on my experience at Miss Teen USA and what I saw at Miss USA in 2013. 
Um, and I was mentally just prepared for that level of competition. And uh, that's not really how Miss USA 2019 went in, in my eyes, at least. I feel like I was definitely prepared, you know, for like just the most extreme. And I don't think it was that. Um, so I, I don't want to say that being a former teen title holder gave me a leg up because it was just an entirely different experience from teen to miss. That was also the first year that you guys competed with teens um, who's also competing. They were just crowned the day before, I believe. Yeah, yeah, that was that was super interesting for me um, because, again, going back to when I was a teen title holder, I feel very lucky and blessed to have uh, competed and won in a time where I would consider that, like, the prime for MUO, at least for Team USA. Because I got to go to Atlantis. I mean, we were in the Bahamas for a week. I got to compete uh, where so many of, you know, like the teens that I idolized were crowned. Uh, Cammie Crawford, Logan West, Daniel Doty. Um, I was I was so excited to have that opportunity. It just it felt like I was carrying on a legacy, you know, whether I won or not. Um, it it meant so much to me just to have that atmosphere. And it honestly, I think Miss Teen USA felt much more real than Miss USA did. Like it was it was an entirely different feeling from Teen to Miss. And um, I think Teen USA gave me more like a giddy feeling. I had goosebumps, butterflies, all of the above. And at Miss USA, it was just kind of, you know, I'm here. Then again, I was definitely ready for Miss USA. I don't think at 15, I, I could have been Miss Teen USA. Absolutely would have loved to have that job. But I think at 15 years old, that's that's so much pressure to put on someone that young. Yeah. And um, and I was very nervous. I was very nervous before Miss Teen USA. I'll never forget. I was standing backstage and, and the voiceover comes on and the pageant starts and I just looked down at my hands and they were just shaking and I couldn't make them stop. Um, oh. And I wasn't that way at Miss USA. So I, I don't know. I just feel like the difference in ownership really, really made the experience quite different. How, how can you kind of explain that? Do you think it went mm-hmm. like down in a way or do you think it just kind of made it more girl next door ish? My personal opinion on this. Um, I preferred Trump era. I thought that the Miss USA, Miss Universe, and Miss Teen USA pageants were all so glamorous and so prestigious. Um, I just remember even as a teen, when I even went to Miss USA with the other teen title holders, we were treated like we were the ones competing. Like we were with the Miss USA girls. We had security for an event that we did at the, we did a fashion show for Sherry Hill at the mall. Like we had full security. We had, um, a super glamorous experience at Miss USA. And so that's kind of what I expected going into Miss USA as an official contestant now. And my directors um, and my prep team told me over and over and over again to just get that, that Trump era mindset out of my, out of my brain because it wasn't going to be that way. And, and although I did my best to do that I still feel like deep down I expected it to be super glamorous and um incredibly busy you know like 4 a.m to 
midnight every night. I just expected to really be running around all the time, you know, four outfit changes a day. I was prepared for that type of Miss USA. And that's not what Miss USA was this year. I don't even think, I think I did maybe three events like that. And that could be generous. Um, yeah, I, I miss USA. I, I did around three events. I, I spent the majority of the time, honestly, in rehearsal or my hotel room. Uh, they told us that all the events and, and my directors told me this beforehand too, that all the events are just randomly picked. The girls are randomly picked and assigned based off of just a random selection. And I don't entirely, especially looking back. Um, but I mean, I, I showed up before four outfit changes a day at Miss USA and I didn't even use half of the clothes that I packed. I mean, I packed like six suitcases. It was insane. Um, and, and that was just what I was prepared for. Every former title holder that I had talked to about Miss USA, like, Hey, I need packing tips. I need outfit tips. I need to know just how to make it through that day over and over again, mm-hmm. um, throughout the entire thing. And, um, and they gave me tips. I just feel like if we were still under the previous ownership, I feel like I could have really thrived in that situation because that's what I was prepared for. I think I got to Miss USA this year and kind of like figured out and, and realized what the vibe was. And I was like, oh, okay, this is definitely just not at all what I expected. Did that really kind of discourage you, especially since you were waiting uh huh. Yeah, it was it was not discouraging because I took that time if if I was in my hotel room, um, I took that time to be on social media to be on live to be engaging with fans in any way that I could. Um, and I also took that time for myself to make sure that I was ready for the competition. Okay, like, did I have like, I made sure like my tan was ready. I made sure um, all my outfits um we're all in line. I, I used that time wisely, but I would have much rather been, you know, out running crazy doing events and promo. And um, I, I look back on my Miss USA experience quite literally through like my photos. And I don't have that many pictures from Miss USA. I have a bunch of pictures in the hallway of my outfits and I have some rehearsal shots and, you know, the two events that I got to do while I was there. But um, the majority of, of my photos from Miss USA are literally in my hotel room. Oh, wow. And you want to be, like, busy, like, New York Fashion Week. Just keep going, going, going. Yeah. And, I mean, that's the job of Miss USA. So I felt like, you know, here's my time. Here's where I can, like, really prove that I can handle this job. Um, and I remember I had a conversation with another contestant while we were there and we had, we were on our way to um, like a cocktail reception and she kind of looks over at me and was just like, you know, I'm just, I'm so tired. My feet hurt. Um, And she's just like, you know, how are you doing? Are you okay? And I'm like, I'm fine. Like, I'm good. I could keep doing this. If I were to be crowned, like I could keep going Um, because that was just, you know, that's the job I wanted. So I was ready and prepared for the job. Oh, I think one thing you're kind of really hitting strong on is the fact that a lot of contestants, we have this idea of the competition or what the time mm-hmm. and then we get to nationals and it's uh, not what we expected or quite frankly, in my um, case, it was a disaster. Mm-hmm. I've listened to the podcast. You've listened to the fire, Miss Black America, the fire festival pageants part one and two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. you know, and you work so hard 
for this and you get sponsors and you get family and you post on social media counting down to the days that you go to nationals and it's not what you expected and sometimes in my opinion and, and um the one i did was black america a lot of the girls who wanted to quit and we wanted to go home before the show even started mm-hmm. why why bother because if this is how it's going at nationals only imagine your year you know yeah mm-hmm. so what would you say to people who kind of feel discouraged because i mean i know you still wanted the crown but a lot of times like right it, at that point, it didn't really matter if I won the crown or not. I just wanted to go back home and go to bed. So mm-hmm. how did you keep going while you was at Nationals mentally? I guess that's the question I'm asking. Yeah. Um, I was very, very fortunate to have uh, an incredible prep team. And in moments of discouragement, uh, that was my go-to. Um, I don't. I actually don't think I, I – I really didn't talk to my mom a whole lot while I was there. Um because, and I love her to death, but because there was, I felt a lot of pressure when I did talk to her because, you know, she wanted me to do so well and she wanted me to win so bad where I'm like, okay, like if, if I'm even going through a little bit, like I, I don't want to talk to my mom about it because I'm just afraid of, of, um, letting her down. Yeah. Letting her down, letting my emotions get to me and, and making me feel like I'm not doing well enough. Um, And so I talked to my mom a little bit, but primarily I was in conversation with Shandy and Susie, um, the pageantology girls. They were my, yes, they were my interview coaches. I'd I'd worked with them since before I won my state title, was very, very close with them. And so they were just my go-to. They were like on speed dial. I called them every single day. We talked all of the time and they just really helped me keep my head in the game. And uh, the other girl I worked with was Taylor Gordon, who does Pink Door Prep. And she was a state sponsor, so I didn't get to work with her until I won Miss Kansas USA. But we we clicked instantly. She really got me. She got my um, my personality and and really helped me like hone in on my vision of what I wanted to focus on at Miss USA and as a Miss USA. And so those three women were just my go to. And in the moments where I was very discouraged and didn't know if I um, was was doing everything right or you know I'm not picked for this event you know I'd give them a call and they would kind of like talk me off a cliff and we (laughs) just recenter my focus and we're like okay you know wipe your tears you save your tears for the pillow you wipe them off and then you put on your face and you go um that's that's really how I dealt and coped with any negativity while I was there um I will also say that my roommate played a major, major role in how my experience was at Miss USA. Lacey, I could not have done that without her. Um, And I would go and do it all over again if I could do it with her. She and I had a really incredible bond just right off the bat. And um, there were moments where she would be discouraged and I would be the one to, you know, like pick her up and make sure she was good and, you know, wipe her tears, put on her makeup and let's go. And there were moments where she did that for me. So uh, that was probably the highlight of my Miss USA experience was the foundation of women that I knew I could fall back on in my moments of weakness. I love that. Yeah. Was she? What was that? Sorry. Which state was she? Hawaii. Aw. Miss Hawaii. Um, Yeah. And I I actually went to visit her um, in Oahu where she lives a couple months after Miss USA. Um, I actually, I had bought a ticket and was intending to go to Miss Hawaii USA to watch her give up her title. And um, the day I was supposed to fly out, I actually ended up in the ER for an allergic reaction 
So um, I did not get to attend Miss Hawaii USA. So I was super, super bummed out. But she's going to come out here to visit me soon. She's in school right now. So incredibly busy. Um, And then I'm making plans to go see her this summer as well. So I love that. Yeah. Love that. I do think that we make some of the best pageant sisters in times of tragedy. Yes, I completely agree. She, Lacey literally had to blow dry my hair one night. My arms were so tired. I had been, I had just so much hair at Miss USA. And I like for the life of me could not get my hair dry on my own. I'd been drying my hair for at least an hour and she like peeks her head around the corner. She's like, are you okay? Like, why are you still blow drying your hair? And I'm like, I cannot get this dry. And so she sat me down in a chair and finished blow drying my hair for me because my arms, I could not even hold them up anymore. You're just like done with it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you seen, so you were in 20, you're technically 2019, correct? Your title? Yeah, it was 2019. So you've seen kind of like a year in progression. I think mm-hmm. year was also really hard because um, you guys didn't know what you, well, from a fan perspective, mm-hmm. we didn't even know, I don't know how you guys, how soon you guys knew what city you was in. Like, we, like you guys didn't even know what city you guys was in. We didn't know what city you was in until like <laughs> the month of or two weeks yeah it was it was quite literally four weeks before we had no idea until the public knew um it was for four weeks and that was four weeks from the telecast date and we had only three weeks until we were supposed to leave we checked in on easter and um so in april and, and we got word the very beginning of april when we were going so really yeah oh my jesus yeah that's so like how do you even how do you even like prepare for that? Because me, I'm like, thank God I'm in Dallas. I was in Dallas, Texas, so I drove. How, mm-hmm. how do you just like save up and just like, okay, wherever they say, just put my money on the plane ticket and just go? How do you prepare? Uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that I mean, I'm very lucky. Like my mom and I uh, have been working for this for years, obviously, and um, she's incredibly supportive. And so I always knew I had her in my corner and we were just, you know, we were ready for it at the drop of the hat. Whenever the date comes, wherever, wherever it is, whatever plane ticket we need to buy, you know, we're going to do what we need to do to get there and to get there comfortably. Um, And I'm sure like a lot of states, like my director was willing to help out and everything, but I, um, what helps me feel kind of like at peace and less anxious for, especially this, you know, most important competition of my life um, was having just kind of control of when I was getting there, how I was getting there. Um, My mom and I went early. We went like two days early, I think, to to Reno Tahoe. And we were at the Grand Sierra um, just kind of like getting settled and having time for crisis. You know, you never obviously like you want to assume the best, but like prepare for the worst. So we just we wanted to have a cushion, you know, what if our flight's delayed? What if something happens? Um, so that, yeah, that was, that was one thing that I took very seriously was having control on how I got myself there because I had literally no control over where it was and when it was and how fast I had to be there. I feel like that would kind of mess me up, um, mentally, like if I'm trying to compete, but I don't have all the answers to. It's hard. It was very, very hard for me. I'm a. I'm a very organized person and I like to have stuff planned out well, well in advance. And um, yeah, not knowing when, not knowing where. I remember uh, there was a couple rumors that came to me and Lacey actually told me that um, Miss USA was, they were looking at putting it in Hawaii, but the Hawaiian Hawaiian tourism department um, 
I think kind of like went, went no to the idea uh, or the offer that MU will have on the table. Um, so I think in, in my year's case, that's kind of what happened. Like they had something that they were interested in and then it kind of ended up not working out. And so they scrambled to find something else. Um, that's kind of what it felt like, especially when we were there, it just felt kind of like thrown together, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, so that was pretty interesting. I definitely had many moments where I would have to, you know, talk to my, my team and just, and just get kind of recentered because why stress over something that you have absolutely no control over? Um, I chose to stress over the things that, that I could control. That's true. You know, it sounds a lot like mine because I don't think we didn't know where we was going either. And we ended up going to Kansas City. And so you, you went to Kansas City. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> random town, like street. You were in the street for it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? What? Like, no offense to street for it. But like, what? it was Reno Tahoe. My year was Reno Tahoe. Oh, oh so sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, what? Like, what? Like, what's going on here? You know? Yeah, my predecessor, Melanie Shaner, who was the one who did go to Shreveport, though, I, I did have a conversation with her about it just in the midst of um, when Reno Tahoe was announced and kind of like, like, what are, what did you do in Shreveport? Like, what are we going to do in Reno Tahoe? Obviously, like, I had never been to either one of those places. <laughs> um, and she had told me that, you know, even though it was kind of like an unconventional place that they had the pageant at, but. Um, she said the people of Shreveport were so welcoming and excited to have them there and all their events were really fun and they had a really great time. So um, I feel like it's kind of up to the host city to, you know, step up um, to, to really make the girls like feel important and glamorous. Um, I feel like it's so easy to feel that way in Vegas because there's so many tourists and, you know, you walk around in your sash and, um, people automatically are like, oh my gosh, it's a celebrity and this is a Miss USA pageant and blah, blah, blah. But I feel like in smaller cities or lesser known cities, like we've been competing in recent years, I feel like it's really up to like the people in the city to like make the girls feel glamorous. Um, yeah, because it's really hard. I heard, I heard at Shreveport, there was like a red carpet rolled out on the dirt in front of the Coliseum that it was at. So I was like, yeah, that's a, that's a choice interesting <laughs> i believe so i remember seeing it it was in yeah the middle of nowhere like it was like mm. at what point it's like flying into las vegas you're like okay i always see these mountains but the pilot says we're landing mm-hmm. yeah and that's kind of how it was pulling into the costume like i see a football field i don't see anything else where is this at mm-hmm. i was like oh, yeah cool. but then we- i heard i heard it was very interesting it was fun mm-hmm. i had a great time Good. I'm glad. <laughs> it's my first Miss USA. I'm, are you going? Yeah. To- Am I gonna? Um. We'll see where and when it is. Um. I would not oppose going. I love my successor, Hayden Brax. Um. She was actually my fourth runner-up. Um. When I won my title, and she was so supportive over my entire year as Miss Kansas USA. Asked me for lots of advice. Um, and we still pretty much talk on a daily basis and she's still asking me for advice. And, um, that makes me feel really special because, um, she had such a positive impact on my reign and I feel like I can have a positive impact on her. So I would obviously love to, to see her compete in person. Oh, I love that. 
uh, we posted her on our Instagram too. So mm-hmm. I know she was your runner-up. That's impressive. Yeah, she was. So I know you also competed at Miss California USA. And yes. Full mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I I also know. Okay, I told you I've been doing a little stalking. <laughs> You're good. Um, when you were going, when you were competing for Miss Kansas and Miss USA, you had a full class load. And you had 21 credit hours that you were trying to balance on top of preparation. Yep. How yep. That is, that's all, all true. Did you end up graduating a year early? I did. Yep. I um, I graduated the week after I competed for Miss USA. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Well, late, but congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> So did you purposely rearrange your schedule so that way if you were to win the title of Miss USA, your school wouldn't be too big of an issue? Like, did you do that on purpose? Strictly yes. Purpose? Yeah, I absolutely did. Um, I remember after Miss California USA, I I actually wanted to take a step back um, from pageants and I just wanted to just kind of enjoy college and um, just focus on classes because I had spent my entire time in college competing. So I was really just focused on, you know, like working to make money so I could compete. And I was focused on the competition. Um, so after Miss California, when I wanted to take a step back, I sat on it for probably about five or six months and um, had many conversations with, with um, my mom and just people that I trusted who've been on this journey with me. And they kind of just put into perspective the fact that, you know, if I were to step away for a year and not compete, um, like, could that be missing my chance? Could that be my time? And um, I am a huge believer in, like, God's timing. And I just, I saw that it was so true. And I was like, hey, well, yeah, what if I, what if I can don't compete this year and I take a year or two off and then I come back and I compete five times and never win. Like, what will I think of those two years that I took off? What would that have been like my turn, my time? And so I ended up, I want to say like maybe three months before the pageant, it was pretty last minute decided to compete for Miss Kansas USA. Um, because I told my mom, you know, if we're going to do this, I want to represent the same state that I represented at Miss Teen USA. Um, obviously, I grew up in Kansas. Kansas, of course, is my home, just as California is. And um, I said, I'm going to take summer classes. I'm going to take a full load of summer classes. I'm going to take a full load spring semester, fall semester, just everything to get to get my school out of the way. Because if there is a chance that I could walk away with the title of Miss USA. I want to be done with school because I know me. And I knew that if I took a year off as Miss USA or, or you know, then stepped up to win Miss Universe and had two years away from school, I just felt like I would never go back to finish it. And I had invested so much of my own money. My mom had invested so much money into my education. So it was very important for me to just hunker down and finish it. And um, obviously not knowing what the outcome would be of uh, the competition, I wanted to make sure I was prepared for whatever was going to happen. I think it's really powerful because people don't admit that they do make life altering decisions. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, a lot of the advice that I received when I won my state title, because when I won, I was in those 24 credit hours. I was actually enrolled in three different schools. I was taking school full time in California and I was enrolled in two online schools in Kansas because my school wouldn't let me take like 24 credit as 
no school should let you do that because it was so hard. Um, so I was enrolled in three different schools at the same time, taking all those classes. And um, I, the, the advice that I had received would be to take off a semester or to drop out of school while I prepared for Miss USA. There was lots of former girls who said, you know, I just took a semester off. And then like that semester turns into three semesters. And then, you know, by that time I could have been graduated anyway. So I, I went against lots of the advice that I was getting um, to, to drop out or to quit for the semester. And I was like, you know what? Nope. We are just, we're going to take even more classes and we're going to get it done. Wow. So yeah, that, gosh, that graduation was, it felt so good to finally just be done. I had worked so incredibly hard. I can only imagine like, that's like the pinnacle of success to me. Yeah, I was actually, I was, um, I was writing my final papers, some of them while I was at Miss USA the night before I checked in the night before Easter, I was writing a 20 page paper. Um, I had like little papers that were due during the time when I was there, I was in constant communication with my professors while I was competing for Miss USA. And, um, I, I got right off the plane after the competition ended, uh, finished all my tests, everything else I needed to get done, and um, graduated a week later. Well, I think you're definitely the definition of hard work and determination. Thank you. <laughs> it's paid off. Like, all that has truly paid off because now you have your degree, you competed and won Miss Kansas, and you competed at Miss USA and done it very, fairly well. Thank you. And so I know you're in, are you in California right now? Yes. Yeah, I am. So um, when you first, let's talk about Kansas. Would mm-hmm. you consider Kansas a pageant state? Because I think when a lot of people think about Kansas, they think about like the Wizard of Oz. Of- <laughs> Dorothy. Yeah. And I'm from Chicago. So I have like the Midwest. I understand the corn mm-hmm. part of it. Mm-hmm. But would you consider Kansas as a pageant state? No, not at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> um. I feel like maybe it was, you know, back when I maybe first started competing, back when, like, National American Miss numbers were so, so high. Um, but I feel like numbers have, in all organizations, kind of gone down over the years. And I don't know if that's kind of, like, just based off of a specific state like Kansas or other small states like that. Um, but I've, I've also noticed numbers in, like, California going down. So, I don't know if it's necessarily like the state itself or if it's just kind of pageantry in general um, or if it's the new ownership. Like, I don't know what it is, but I definitely have seen like a decrease over the years that I've been involved. It's about specifically with contestants that. Um... Yeah, with just like numbers, like girls who are interested in competing. I think we kind of saw that um, happen, I think, around your year too. Mm hmm start around that time you think it should be to what you were saying earlier as far as like the glitz and glamour seems to have faded away or is fading yeah yeah I think the glitz and the glamour have have faded away um like substantially and for girls who who want to be in a pageant there there are so many different pageant systems out there as you know and I think that it just takes the time, it, it takes the the doing the research, the time spent doing the research, the background research on, on the competition, on, you know, former title holders, who do you most relate to? Who do you look up to? And, and what kind of pageant do you want to compete in? For me, like, perfect example would be like America. 
I gave Outstanding Teen one shot um, <laughs> after after doing USA, after doing NAM. I was like, you know what? Let's give this a shot. And I really stepped outside of my comfort zone for the talent competition. I have never, ever been able to like do a talent on stage. I was really, really nervous for it. I ended up playing the violin okay. and um, didn't do too bad. I was third runner up at that pageant. But um, at the end of the day, the basis of that competition for Miss America's Outstanding Teen was not what I wanted to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why the Miss Universe organization appealed to me so much was because the the way the competition was, was exactly what I wanted to do. And you know what you're signing up for. You can do the research, you know especially when I was a teen, it was still swimsuit. So I knew at 15 years old, I was signing up to compete in swimsuit evening gown in an interview. And um, if there was an aspect of the competition I was uncomfortable with, I could find a different competition, a different pageant to enter in that had, because there's so many, um, you can literally do whatever you want. You can do a pageant with fun fashion and talent and evening gown and that's it. Um, yeah. So I think that Miss USA has historically just been the most glamorous pageant, the most prestigious pageant, especially in the United States. And to see that glamour kind of subside over years past is, um, it's, it's sad because I was able to see how glamour that, how glamorous that pageant was when it was in its prime. And, um, you know, that's, that's a, that's an experience like I would have loved to have for myself just because like what a once in a lifetime experience that is Miss USA in general being that once in a lifetime, but kind of like that level. I mean, it's unimaginable. What would you, would you recommend the pageant now for girls who want to compete? And I would, I would, um, I think that there are there is multiple systems that I would recommend for girls to compete just based off of what you want to get out of it. Um, but overall, looking back on my reign, on my time at Miss USA, um, I had I had a great time, and I had a great reign, and I met incredible people. So, as much as I wish the pageant was you know, still, you know, Olivia Culpo era, (laughs) Miss USA and Miss Universe. Um, I think that it's still an incredible opportunity and still very beneficial for women and young girls. Um, And I don't think that will ever change. I agree. Mm -hmm. You know, going into that competition, you were ranked really high on a lot Mm -hmm. of pageant people's um, predictions to win. Mm -hmm. And for me, I loved your headshot with the blue mm-hmm. eyes and outfit and your brunette straight sleek hair. I really drew attention to you. Um, so I think that you were truly a front runner going into competition from what mm-hmm. I like mm-hmm. I'm a cyber stalker, so don't mind me. <laughs> um, can you talk us through your preparations for Miss USA? How did you prepare for the competition? Yeah. Um, first of all, it was such an honor for me to have so much support um that was something that I definitely didn't expect that was probably the biggest difference between teen and miss for me was just the amount of support um globally that I had that was so so cool very surreal still to this day um 
Wait, can you just talk about what that looked like? Did that kind of scare you at all? Because were there people in the Philippines coming <laughs> out to you? Um, yes. Yeah, so I had I had a very large Filipino fan base. Um, I was so grateful for them. Um, Cuba, Puerto Rico, uh, Mexico, just I had, I had just people all over the world. It was so insane. It wasn't nerve wracking for me. Um, it was more like exhilarating and it, and it made me want to work harder and do better. And, um, and I knew I had so, so much support. Um, and I think I even spoke to this at, at Miss USA. I got, I was requested to do, um, an interview with a Filipino fan base, um, that MUO actually approved. So I remember I got pulled out of dinner to go do this interview, and I was able to speak on how much of an impact the positivity uh, from fans all over the world had on my time at Miss USA because you are surrounded by a lot of negativity um, and cyberbullying, especially after the prelim. It's There's that weird transition time after preliminary competition until the final competition where it's like, the atmosphere is different at Miss USA. And, um, you know, that's when you have all the people coming out of the woodworks with their um, recap videos and the comparing everyone. And I mean, we're in a pageant, so that's what we signed up for. We know that's happening. Um, but it's it's much different, like when you're the person going through it than when you're the person online just, you know, spewing out all of this stuff. So um, having so much positivity to lift me up it, it meant the world to me and it, and it truly kept me like in a good headspace. Um, of course I got, I got negative comments. Absolutely. I got negative comments the day after I was crowned Miss Kansas USA about my weight. And, um, it's definitely harder to, to forget about those. Um, I would always, I would always tell people that, you know, you, you get, you get 20 positive comments and you get one negative comment, which comment do you remember? You remember the negative one. Um, so it was very special to me to have so much support and positivity because even when a negative comment would come through, you know, I was able to shake that off because I was so loved by the fans and by my family and my supporters and my sponsors. So that was really special for me. When you said that the atmosphere changed, you meant like among the contestants, was it like a mood shift? Yeah, I don't I don't know if I would consider it like a mood shift. It was just the atmosphere is different and girl, I love me some Luciera. Like Luciera, <laughs> I I mean, that woman mwah, just I like worshipped her like she was God. Um and to this day I still think that she is. Um so even just like the in the the way that Luciera treats rehearsals it's like hey like it's game time you know prelims come and if you're not ready you're not ready and you're gonna compete and that's what it is day after prelims all right we're getting ready to find our new Miss Universe because that's what they're looking for um they want to Miss USA who's going to win Miss Universe and it just all gets so real so fast and that's I, I feel like it's a weird thing to say because the whole time it's real but um, that moment where you where you get back to your hotel room after competing in the preliminary competition and you pull up your phone and you just see the videos of yourself walking on that stage, it's like, oh, my God, this is not real life. But it is. So um, I feel like there there's definitely an atmosphere change from that point to the final competition because it's like we've we've competed and we're 
realistically, we're all here for the same job and only one person is going to walk away with that job. Um, so it definitely like puts the pressure on. Um, but I feel like I had a, a very, a constant, um, mental state, like constant, like emotions while I was there. Um, and I definitely just attribute that to my support system, to the fans, to the positivity that I was just able to surround myself with. Man, oh, so you got me over here drinking like three, four glasses while I'm just listening. Like, Ooh. yeah, <laughs> Ooh. Oh, that's like my catchphrase. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, I I'll tell you straight up that the comments that Luciera made about me while I was competing, both in swimsuit and an evening gown, mm-hmm. I kid you not, that was better than winning Miss USA. Like, that was my goal. I wanted Lou to just love me and that's that's exactly what happened so honest to god like looking back I haven't watched the whole pageant like start to finish um I think I did like that night um but when I when I got to see that video and and lose commentary on me that made me feel so proud and so accomplished and I was like you know like I didn't win Miss USA whatever I won lose heart and that's what I cared about so uh what is she- yeah she I remember she said in my swimsuit walk um that I had been on my A game from day one um from like my turns my walk my facial expressions she said everything about her screams I miss USA and I'm ready to go to universe and that right there was like all my preparation all my everything that I went through to get to that moment was like so worth it oh that was nice of her yeah no that's right yep i adore her you are my favorites too to win it thank you thank you because you were just you you honestly just so gorgeous and i feel like you were like uh like i don't think of kansas as like the sash factor state Mm -hmm. but when i saw your picture i was like you know it's like you're scrolling okay 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 and you talk about you you're like oh Mm -hmm. and i don't know if it's the blue eyes I have like boring black eyes. So whenever I put like color, I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know if it's the eyes, the color scheme, your hair. I'm like, this. you know, you stopped, you like me, you're scrolling and you being K, you know, you scroll, scroll, scroll. You're like, oh, hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. I, you know, I like Yeah. Your- that was a definitely, um, it was a big, my headshot was a big thing for me because I know that like you're going to scroll a little bit till you get to K and I want to have like that showstopper headshot, that like breath of fresh air. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember when we were taking my pictures, my sponsors were Nicole West Makeup and then Zach Grimaldo down in Texas. And um, we're at boot camp and we're taking these pictures and Nicole did my makeup. And I remember saying, like, I want just a very natural, like, glowy, golden, like, dewy look. And she did my makeup. I went and took some pictures with Zach. And I got to see some of the pictures off of his camera. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. This is not, this is not what I envisioned. Um, We're going to have to go back and start this over. So I went back to Nicole and as just nicely as I possibly, possibly could, because in that moment I'm getting stressed out because I had a whole fiasco with my, with my teen national headshot and I was really upset over it. So I was like, I am not going through this again. So I was like, we're going to, we're going to do this while we're, while we're here instead of after. And I went up to Nicole and I was like, can you please wipe this off and start over (laughs) and I just I felt so bad but I was like I the makeup was just not what I envisioned it was it was darker um I had like a a maroon like plum like lip 
and I was wearing this black sheer shirt and it just, it was not gorgeous, gorgeous pictures, like incredible for my modeling portfolio or for like an editorial, but it was not my Miss USA headshot. (laughs) And, um, that's been like my biggest advice to title holders, uh, who are going through this process is to really know what you want to highlight at Miss USA. Like, what do you want to look like? What is your brand? Because you are the only one that has control over that. And you need to make sure that you take like full control and, and not let yourself get molded by anyone. And, um, I took one look at that picture and I was like, no, it's not what I want. And so I went back and I kindly asked her to change my makeup look, which she, thankfully she did. And, um, I went to my table where like all my clothes were laid out and I picked up that blue sweater and I was like, I know exactly what I want this picture to look like. I want my hand to be up. I want the like sweater in it. I was like, I want it to just be very sweet and natural. And, um, she redid my makeup. I put on that sweater. Uh, we went literally and took that picture. Like we opened the front door, had the natural light up against the white wall and that was it. And, um, I took one, one look off that camera and I was like, okay, yes, that's, that's the one. That's what I wanted. That feels like me. And, um, I think that's something really important that girls need to remember. Um, even though, yes, there are sponsors who are giving their time and their products, um, for you to help you. Um, you also, you want to be you, you know, authentically yourself and, um, if you're not in a photo that absolutely shows through, if you're not that way in your evening gown, that's going to show through on your stage presence. So a big challenge I had during my reign was, was standing up for myself and and not coming across as like ungrateful or rude because it wasn't that Um, I'd been dreaming of this moment for years. And I just wanted to make sure that I was executing myself um, in the most authentic way I could. I love that. You kind of manifested it so you knew exactly what you wanted. Yes. Oh, I'm going to call that my Kobe mentality. Yeah, absolutely. But you got to like, you got to see exactly what the goal looks like, what the dress mm-hmm. looks like years in advance, what the feeling looks like when they call your name, how the, how the hosts sound when they call your name, how the crown feels when you put it on your head, how the Bobby Pence mm-hmm. feels, you know, and you have to really. Absolutely. Play. And that's something that um, pageantology, they told me too. They're like, yep, vision that moment like envision that moment of you getting called into the five or you getting, you know, standing there hand in hand with, with the other girl and the crown and the crowning moment and everything. And I was really good prior to winning Miss Kansas USA of manifesting like exactly how I wanted like things to go for me. Oh, all right. Well, since things have gone, right. I know people are like, here my click. I am drinking (laughs) out of a usable straw. I got it for Christmas. Oh, I love that. I'm sipping my wine out of a reusable. It's like a metal straw, so I keep mm-hmm. it in my glass. But actually, I don't really drink wine out of straws, but it's actually pretty convenient. <laughs> <laughs> pretty convenient. Um, well, like I was saying, so pageants aside, you just gave up your title two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Congratulations on your year. Thank you. I think you really brought Kansas up into kind of our, our as pageant fans, like, our eyes to like, mm-hmm. okay, who's next from Kansas? Because look who they just brought. Mm-hmm. Eyes on Kansas and um, on Hayden as she competes next. Mm-hmm. So what have you done? I know it's been two weeks, but following the crown, how did you envision Miss Kansas helping you out 
um, in your future? I know you kind of won one on one for office. Yeah, girl, I've been so busy since I gave out my title. Um, <laughs> that's how I like it, though. Uh, so at, at some point in my life, I do see myself running for office. Um, I don't know if that's going to be like in the near or distant future, but that is something um, I am very passionate about cl- our climate and um and I think that would be an incredible, just like something for me to run on to, to really like grasp, especially the younger generation and get them involved in the voting process because um, I want to be able to preserve and protect our planet and the organisms that live here. Um, and I feel like that is not being paid enough attention to um, in our political climate right now, which is really unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Um but I don't know if I'm going to jump right into politics. I'm actually really excited for this election year um, to help more people get registered to vote. I will more than likely be driving people to the polls all day. I'll just be on. I don't know if I'm going to like download Uber and just like drive Uber all day and just give people free rides or if I'm just going to do that on my own. Um, but I've had that intention for probably like the last three years. Um Obviously, politics is something that is a big interest of mine, and I'm very passionate about um, getting in pe- getting people involved. Um, but right now, I am actually tomorrow training to be a CASA, which I have wanted to do since I was about 16 years old. Uh, CASA is a court-appointed special advocate, and these are volunteers who um, essentially get assigned to a case where there's perhaps been... Um, abuse in a home and a child has been removed from a home for whatever reason, whether substance abuse, physical, um, emotional types of abuse and, um, whatever kind of situation that child is in, you come in as a CASA to just really, to be their friend, um, to be someone that they can talk to that doesn't put pressure on them and doesn't make them nervous. Um, you know, like as, like an officer would something like that. So, you're really there to be the child's friend and to help bring like positivity into their life. And um, then at the end of the day, uh, you go to court to advocate on that child's behalf, um, to advocate for the best outcome, what you see the best fit as you've gotten to know this kid in the situation. Um, So I actually have my uh, intro meeting tomorrow. This will be the third time I've gone to this meeting. I've gone several times when I wasn't old enough to be a CASA. You have to be 21. And I remember I went when I was 17 and then when I was 18 and then when I was 20. I was like, is the age still 21? And they said, yes. So now I'm 22 and I'm going again. Um, and this is just an organization I've been devoted to um, back in Kansas. Now I'm, I'm able to um, make a difference here in California. And I'm very, very excited for that. Um, so that's super special and I've been wanting to do that a long time. And uh, another aspect that I'm kind of going through right now is I'm getting certified to teach Legree, which is actually the workout that I used to train for Miss USA. And, um, there's a studio pretty close to my house and I have had the opportunity to train with them since I gave up my title and I'll probably be teaching classes within the next like two, three weeks. So I'm super excited. What is Legree? Um, Legree is a high intensity, low impact workout. It's done on a mega former and, um, people always mistakenly take it as Pilates. It's not Pilates. Um, it's, I want to say like more like CrossFit, but it's done on a machine the whole time. 
it's a 45 to 55 minute workout. Um, and it's really tough. You get no breaks in between each exercise is about two and a half minutes. Um, but it's so, so effective. And I remember that fateful moment when they announced Miss USA and I was leaving in three weeks, I was like, Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I just ate a whole tin of brownies in my break room at work. Um, (laughs) and I was like, okay, so I messaged my trainer, Heather, who um, owns a Legree studio in my hometown in Kansas. And I like flew back to Kansas and I was in that studio every day working so, so hard to get that Miss USA body. So um, I, I really believe in the Legree method and I'm really excited to be in a studio soon um, to help other people reach their fitness goals too. So still got a lot going on. How many hours of training did that take? Um, I, since I have been taking classes for a year, um, it's going faster for me. I think usually to do an in-studio training, it takes about four weeks, um, depending on how frequently you train. I've been training for about two weeks and I'm probably going to do one more week. Um, so a total of three weeks before I'm like comfortable and ready to teach a class or at least a mock class, but I'm super excited. Hmm. Okay. And you just mentioned brownies. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's going to be an interesting segue, but you are a lifetime Girl Scout member. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I am. Did you like it? I was a Girl Scout member myself in fourth grade. I, ha- I put the salute up. I was going to say Girl Scout. I do my salutes. Um, why did you decide? Why did you decide to become a lifetime member? Uh, Girl Scouts, I owe so much of just like my foundation and who I am to that organization. Um, I, I spoke on this at Miss USA, um, you know, as a domestic abuse survivor, I, I relied on my Girl Scout troop, my, the girls in my troop, my leader, she literally became my second mom. And um, I leaned on them quite a bit while I was growing up for support and for positivity and guidance. Um, when things were maybe not so great at home, uh, they, they became my family. And I remember there was even a time in like middle school where I wanted to quit Girl Scouts because it wasn't like the cool thing to do. And I just wanted to be popular and all this jazz and that never worked out for me. And I stayed in Girl Scouts, um, which ended up working out for me better in the long haul. So um, (laughs) I, as a senior in high school, um, I got my gold award, which was a project that I had been planning for several, several years. The gold award is extremely hard to get because your project has to be sustainable. So it has to be able to run without you physically running it. Um, So what I did was I created a mobile marine education program where I toured with my sea bus, which was a mobile touch tank. And I took live marine organisms like sea stars and urchins and crustaceans and shrimps to schools across Kansas. And I taught kids about um, marine biology and oceanography and ocean conservation, because living in a landlocked state, um, the majority of kids have never had that, like, hands-on experience with the ocean, and so that was kind of my mission, and the point of my project was to give those kids the opportunity to to learn hands-on, because that's how I am. I'm a hands-on learner. I've always been that way. I always will, so I know that when I'm able to have that experience, I'm going to remember what was taught to me and what was said a million times better than, than just like teaching me from a book. Can so you, what, like a gold, um, 
uh, member is. I know, I I know, but some people don't. Uh huh. So yeah, a Girl Scout Gold Award is the highest honor you can achieve in Girl Scouts. It's equivalent to being an Eagle Scout, which is the highest honor you can achieve as a Boy Scout. Um, and the reason I say that the Girl Scout is harder, the Girl Scout Gold Award is harder than being an Eagle Scout, is because um, the project has to be sustainable. So I know many Eagle Scout projects, which are you know incredibly important and very helpful. Uh, most of them tend to be like a one-time thing. So, you know, you've built, you've refurbished park benches across a park or you've built like a sidewalk, a sidewalk for um, handicap accessibility, things like that. Um, but for the Girl Scout Gold Award, you have to be able to completely take your hands away from the project and it has to be able to run without you. So how my project runs to this day was I donated the touch tank and the book of curriculum to my high school where I was actually in the geosciences academy. So we actually had over a thousand gallons of saltwater aquaria in my high school. Um, I got to learn hands-on marine biology and oceanography from the teachers there um, with real marine animals. And that's where I would get my marine organisms from. I would take them from, borrow them from the school's tanks. And um, my teacher and I would go out together on on these trips when I was teaching kids. Um, And so when I was done with the project, I donated it to my school. And so now the students, uh, when you're a sophomore in high school at my high school, Ethan North, um, if you're in the program, you get to take that CBUS out to to continue the um, curriculum that I created. So super cool. Um, it still like lives to this day. I got to actually, as Miss Kansas USA, one of my first things I went to go do was visit my high school and see my sea bus and see all the, the animals and everything. So that was really special for me. Would you say that Girl Scouts help you prepare for competing in pageants in a way? 100%. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that Girl Scouts has, has just had like a hand in preparing me for everything I've done in life. Um, you know, I guess it's like cliche to think of like, you know, selling cookies as preparing you for like life, but it really does. And it's um, Girl Scout cookie season. You must admit that. You must say it that. is Girl Scout cookie season. Please go buy your Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and supporting a Girl Scout, like just buying her cookies means so much because I remember when I was in Girl Scouts, I would set a goal for how many boxes I wanted to sell based off of, you know, like the prizes that you get for selling cookies. Right. And and it was, for me, it was never really about the prizes. I always wanted the experiences. So if you sold like 500 boxes of cookies, you could go to like horse camp for a week. And I was like, absolutely. So I, in fourth grade, sold 500 boxes of cookies Meanwhile, like, mind you, in Kansas, it's, like, freezing in January, so I'm out, like, my mom's in the car, I'm out, like, knocking on doors and talking to everyone and delivering my boxes so I could go to to horse camp that summer, and I got to go to horse camp for 10 days, and so that was, like, my motivation, especially um, as I got older, you know, the the little, like, trinket things, they don't really mean as much, Um, and my troop decided to sell cookies in order to fund, um, we did a vacation to Chicago as a Girl Scout troop. So we got on the train, we went to Chicago, we did like a whole bunch of stuff in Chicago. And, um, you know, that taught me like, event planning that taught me budgeting that taught me so much. Um, It's so much more than just like selling a box of cookies. And um, I often go speak to Girl Scout troops. And I was actually the 
moderator on the Gold Award panel this past year at the Inspire a Girl Expo in Kansas City, which is basically like a big, um, big convention where all the girls who are receiving their Gold Award for that fiscal year come and they present their awards and they get their awards. Um, and I got to be on this panel where I kind of talked about my experience and you know, I, I'm able to always touch on the fact that, yeah, I wanted to quit at one point. I didn't think it was cool. People made fun of me, but um, my mom encouraged me to to stay. I decided to stay. And in the long run, it, it was so worth it and, and so much more impactful than anything else I could have been doing in middle school. So um, I encourage girls to stay in Scouts and to get their gold award. Because I also, I even got a scholarship. I got an endowment when I went to college for completing my gold. So it's um, a really great skill to have. Did you really? I did. Yeah. That's dope. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't stay in Girl Scout that long myself either because our troop kind of dissolved. Yeah, that happens. That happens like frequently, which is sad. Um, I think my troop merged with other troops at least twice or maybe three times over the course of me being a scout. I recommend Girl Scouts because it does teach you that life lessons. I learned how to change my oil and my mm-hmm. my tires, like everything. How to start a fire, little things. Yeah, little things. Like, shoot, if you're stranded on a desert island, like, I was a Girl Scout and I'm going to be able to survive. I don't know if y'all can't because <laughs> you weren't in Scouts, but I can. So we're good. <laughs> true, true, true. And I know that you kind of wanted to go into politics because um, being a woman, you yeah. Or representation. Yeah. Which you absolutely. RBG, one of your biggest. Uh... Oh my gosh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She's a legend. That <laughs> woman, she is legendary. I just watched her documentary on Hulu. I was like, oh dang, I didn't know she did all of this. I was like, oh snap, okay, okay. Yeah, I, oh my gosh, I think there's, maybe that's, I've seen that documentary. There's, yes, I think I've seen the same one. I watched it on the airplane. Um, it was really good. It's really good. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that kind of a reason why you wanted to, well, not her, but like, do you feel like women need to step up politically? Like what advantage do you see? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, being a 22 year old. So when I was little, like, like most children, you ask, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And lots of kids would answer like president of the United States or like an astronaut or whatever. Um, and especially for girls, you see that answer change as they get older because girls are are bred or they're they're brought up in a society where that's not something that has ever happened. That's not the norm. So that's not something that feels attainable for for a young girl. And um, having more w- women represented in politics is the only way that will change. And um, I know that in my lifetime, I will absolutely see a female president. Um, it was funny when I was doing an interview in my last interview as Miss Kansas USA, um, Ralph Hip, the, uh, anchor, or the, the guy I was interviewing with, um, from WIBW, he asked me like, Oh, like, maybe you'll be the first female president of the United States. I'm like, yeah, it's a possibility, but like, shoot, I really hope there's a female president before me. Cause I was a while till I turned 35 till I'm even like eligible. Um, so, you know, I just, for like young girls sake, like across the country, I I want to see more women represented in politics. I I want to see a female president so that, um, girls aren't discouraged to go into this kind of field. And, and I know exactly how that feels. Even 
um, getting a political science degree, you know, women were the minority in all my classes. And um, that's something that I would like to see change. I agree. I was talking to, um, and I'm in Illinois. So one mm-hmm. of our women is Representative Sherry Bustos. Mm-hmm. And she was a journalist at first, and she became a congresswoman, representative. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's in the House. And she said that one thing that they could do differently, I asked her, like, this is the biggest, this is this time last year I asked her this. I, you, know, you know, a lot of women um, won their elections. This is the most women in Congress we've had. Yeah, yeah, it's um, incredible. And even at Miss USA, to circle back to that, we got to go to um, the Nevada state legislature where that's the first majority female um, legislature in the United States is in Nevada. So that was super cool. Um, What an impactful, like a moving experience for me personally to have as someone who aspires to be in politics and to see more women represented in in politics. Um, That was so cool for me to see. What did you think we can make as women when it comes to our political power like what kind of bills or new laws or new policies do you think that our feminine touch has access to that the males don't or haven't done yet <laughs> um i mean like the most the most like obvious would be uh, women's reproductive rights yeah which i think needs to have um a woman's touch like i I just there's really no other way to put that like you can you can just cannot like make laws about something that you physically cannot go through Um, actually inaccurate like yeah like it's just it's just inaccurate you have to have a woman make those laws like that's just plain and simple um but I there there are lots of policies um that I don't necessarily believe like need like a female's touch but um in order to properly um, kind of reflect our nation as a whole, we are 50% male. We are 50% female, more or less, give or take a couple percentage points. Um, I think that our political representation needs to reflect that because, and I, I can equate this, I can relate this to pageantry too, because um, I, I really dislike having an all-female judging panel or selection committee, or what have you, um, because we don't live in an all-female world. Um, And as a title holder, you're not only representing women, you're representing men too. And um, I think it is only fair and right to have a selection committee with about an equal um, gender balance. And, um, and I think that's the same, same in politics too. I just, I want, there's, that's not a, I want to see a majority women everywhere. It's, I want to see equality for women. And I feel like feminism has kind of like, uh, gotten away from that. I don't, I don't think it should be like all women, majority women. It should be, it's, it's equality. That's what we're fighting for. Hmm. I love it. I love it. Um, I feel like I could talk to you all day <laughs> about pageants, about life. About... Yeah. One thing I did want to ask you, because you mentioned it briefly, was um, being a domestic abuse survivor. Mm-hmm. And I'm not exactly sure, for those who are listening, how ex- when I will post this as an episode, but mm-hmm. Miss United States um, 
Andrea also mentioned her being a domestic abuse survivor. Mm-hmm. And I asked mm-hmm. ask you the same question. What advice would you, I don't want to know the details. We don't want to mm-hmm. give publicity to the person who did the act. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give to women who need to leave a situation, but they either can't because of emotions or finances? What advice would you give to someone who needs to leave that situation? They know they need to leave it, um, but they're stuck. I think that, um, and this is actually a situation I found myself in with a friend uh, not too long ago who found herself in a very unfortunate situation like this and um, reached out to me for help. Um, I think that the most important thing that you need to evaluate is, is who you're trying to protect. Are you just trying to protect you? Do you have kids involved? Like, who do you need to protect? Um, and I think you need to act quickly to find resources that can help you because no one has to go through this alone. And I know, I know that it feels like you are, um, or that you do, you have to do this alone. You feel like you deserve it, but the reality is you don't, and no one deserves that. And no one deserves to be treated in such a way. And there is no justification for that. No matter um, if it's your spouse, your parent, it, it does not matter. Um, I think that the best thing to do for you is to reach out for help. And I know in Kansas, I um, was able to direct this individual to safe home. Um, I was able to give her all of the information that um, safe home provided that I could have access to, um, you know, just reach out to someone trusted. I, I offered like, do you need me to take you? Um, do you need me to help you in any way? And I know each, each situation varies, uh, drastically and, um, there are resources out there for a reason to help each and every single situation be dealt with, like on that case by case basis. And, um, I think it's just important to remember that it can get better. Um, you just have to look for the people who, who are there willing and able to help you get out of the situation and make it better for yourself. I agree. And it Mm -hmm. definitely starts with just knowing that you deserve better. Yeah, absolutely. No one ever, I, no one ever deserves to be treated in that way. Mm. I think a lot of times for, cause I'm a survivor myself and it took me a while to realize that cause sometimes you're like, Oh, it wasn't that serious. I think Mm -hmm. I, you know, I wasn't assaulted, but emotional abuse, financial abuse is just as mm-hmm. dangerous. It is. It is just as dangerous. And um, I think especially, well, as I mean, as a survivor myself, I, I know kind of what to look for without, I, I don't, I mean, like listing out the signs, um, you're able to like do research on that to like find the signs, but um, kind of like listening and reading in between the lines, those people that I care about. Um, you know, I, I had, um, a situation with a friend of mine and, um, who was confiding in me and and telling me these things. And I had to take a step back and, um, kind of like evaluate what I heard and, um, asked if she told me that as a friend, you know, to keep in confidence or as a friend, like who's reaching out for help, like, which one are you? And, um, 
I myself like am, am very respectful of that boundary. Of course, like I'm I'm going to respect what you want, but if there's any reason for me to believe that you're in danger, I'm I'm going to to do the steps to help you, um, regardless. But um, I think just as a bystander, just being able to like recognize the signs um, and the different forms of abuse. Um, I know gaslighting is just like it can be so hard to um, kind of like identify because it's usually done in the home. And um, I think that it's just important to like keep checking up on your friends and making sure that those people that you care about are okay. That's true. A lot of times I think um, allies are forgotten in that conversation Mm -hmm. because as a survivor, you know, I did vent a lot to my friends (laughs) Mm-hmm. I know how to help me if they could help me if I was willing to accept help so yeah that's the other layer you have to be ready and willing to accept the help too um which for people who haven't gone through it it's really hard for them to kind of understand that um and you know obviously just just every case is different but for the person who's going through it you have to be really ready and willing to accept that or else um you know, it's it's not going to change regardless of whether or not you try to help. True. Well, I appreciate talking to you. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me on. This is a good chat. Thank you. I, I love it. I love it. Before I let you go, I do like to always ask my guests for a book recommendation. Have you been reading lately? Do you have a book you'd like to recommend? For oh, us? girl, my favorite book. Are you ready? Yes. Tell me. Becoming by Michelle Obama. Oh. If you haven't read it, you need to read it. <laughs> I started and finished it. I think I'm on page like 25. Oh, girl, you finished that book like ASAP because it is so good. It will make you laugh. It'll make you cry. It will inspire you to just like go out and, and just like change the world it really will okay I'm like a book person where I like start it and then I like find another book buy it and then start reading that one buy it it, I'm that way too but I did not put this one down so I think you'll like it okay that's good to know I'll probably finish it I'll probably finish it my goal is to get through a book a week this year Mm -hmm. that's very ambitious I wish you luck yeah, I know. Or at least, like, a book a month. I do want to read more. I, mean, I, I never, like, finish my books. It's so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but it's only because I buy more and I get more interested. Mm-hmm. But actually, fun fun story about that one. I bought that book my mother for Christmas last year. And mm-hmm. she bought the same book for Christmas last year, too. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so we have two of the same books. She got it for me. I got it for her. And I was like, really, Barbara? Like... <laughs> Well, you both got to make sure you read it so you can talk about it. Because I read mine cover to cover and then I gave it to my mom and I was like, read this. It's so good. Okay. It was good. I think I'm still, um, I don't know where I left off off at, but she was still a kid. Um, Mm -hmm. She was still a kid talking about her housing situation and the two. Yeah. And I grew up on on the south side of Chicago, so I understand like the housing and how it's built. I was like, well, okay, let's see what she's talking about a little bit. That's cool. (laughs) Um, is there a motivational quote that you kind of live by day to day? Um, is there a motivational quote? Shoot, I don't know. I don't really have one. I, I usually start off my mornings um, with like meditation and prayer. That was part of my New Year's resolution this year was to just like make sure I'm getting up consistently 
um, to kind of like stretch and meditate and reflect. And um, so every day is kind of different on what I need um, in that day. So um, lately, I have just been like praying for kind of clarity um, and purpose in what I'm doing. So I feel like it, it changes. I like to journal a lot more now than I used to just kind of like get all my thoughts out there. So that's been something that's been helpful for me. And um, I really just like implemented that like this year. So yeah. So doing more mindfulness. Yeah, just more, just more prayer and reflection. And, and um, I've seen that has had like a very drastic um, impact on like my mood uh, on a daily basis. Oh, I love it. I need to get back into myself. I like fall off. <laughs> yeah. I do have like prayer ADHD though, where I'll be like praying for something and then like I'll think of something else and then I'm on a five minute tangent of like thinking about something else and then I'm like, oh wait, like where was I? Sorry. I'm going to get back. Yeah. <laughs> I said, my bad. Uh, we're going to circle back to what I was originally saying. God, that's you. Okay. The same thing. I figured out my my like solution is to say it out loud, to pray out loud. Mm-hmm. Going on focused and talking. Yeah, so that's a good one. Thinking goes everywhere. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, let me say it out loud. Keep it short and get to the point. Like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, thank you. Did you have anything else you wanted to say um, to our audience? Oh, wait, wait, wait. How can they reach you on social media? What is your... Oh, um, you can message me. I'm really, I'm mainly on Instagram um, at Alyssa Cleansing. So um, if there is ever like something you want to reach out, um, just send me a direct message. I usually go through those. I go through them pretty frequently, um, but I'm probably more likely to see like a comment, say like, hey, I sent you a message. If you just comment on one of my photos, I'm more likely to be able to like see that. Mm-hmm.